no, let's do it. No way. (laughs) No, I'm ready to. I should just just have (laughs) internet connection (laughs) problems now. This was a bang up podcast. Yeah, it's gonna be a bang up podcast. What's that? You're breaking, up. you're breaking up. I can't hear you. What's that? <laughs> Welcome to Practical Shooting After Dark. My name is Ben. We're here to talk about shooting on deck tonight. We have Mr. Kim. Hi. Mr. Park. Hello. And Hoppy Cakes. Hi. Hi. I have well, a new you guys light. deal. Everybody comes here with a topic, something to talk about. I want to go first, and it's good that Matt's here because I have an agenda item that I would like Matt to take uh, when he gets elected to be on the board of directors. January 2022, right? Yeah. (laughs) All right, Matt, you ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, here's what I'd like to see. Drum roll, please. Single Uh, action periodics. Sure. Uh, Steel (laughs) Challenge and USPSA get their own boards. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, so here's my thinking. You can tell me what you think about this. Um. Like me, for example, I would be more of a USPSA USPSA guy. Would it make yeah. any sense? Would you want me on the board for Steel Challenge? No, it doesn't make any no. sense. No, and it's. I think it works the same way the other direction. It's like I don't oh, want some Steel yeah. Challenge dude making making decisions for USPSA. I just don't. Right. They should. I mean, we should have two boards. So we how would that work? So. Definitely like the idea. It makes sense about having two, like, what do, honestly, like, a lot of the people that shoot USPSA don't shoot Steel Challenge. There's some crossover. And then Steel Challenge don't shoot USPSA, honestly. It's two different sports, brings in two different type of people. But how would USPSA own Steel Challenge, how would that work in the current state? Like, you'd have to change that. There'd have to be some change. I mean, I don't know the logistics for how they change it. I assume there's a way to do it, but uh, they so need a. You would they actually need a, so kind of you would have you kind of want it like steel challenge people like voting and talking about and making changes on steel challenge yes. USPSA on USPSA stuff like and separating yes. that fact right not having them together. Yes, the board that we have would have to give back some of their power. Yeah. I'm sure they'd be very excited to do that. So then do you have two presidents? Uh, well, that's a good question. I don't think that's necessary, but, uh, you know, having a separate board would be so enough. Just it, it, could be it, a, it could be a smaller, it could be a four-person board. That's what I was just going to say. What if you had a president over both, and yeah. then you had like a five-person board and a five-person board? Yeah, I mean, that would be fine with that. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought off the top of my head. Yeah, so I, then, yeah, interesting. So I think this would be I think this would be better in a lot of ways, but uh, you know, just an idea. Uh, Mr. Joel, what do you think? Uh, it was that wasn't crazy spicy, was it? No, I was expect something worse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you I'd no, that, that, oh, that actually makes sense. So uh, I was in a uh, we had a, a a bit of a change in management at my club. And so, like, hey, who's going to run Steel Challenge? And I, I guess I could have been the guy to do that. Like, I, I don't have anything against people that like Steel Challenge. I don't shoot Steel Challenge. Maybe I shoot one match a year. I don't travel outside of my, like, my club. I don't know how other clubs run it. I frankly, I mean, it's, I don't care. So I, I'm not invested in that. But there's a husband and wife that shoot at my club that travel all over the country. They were just in Arizona this week shooting a 
regional or some kind of match. So like, hey, you guys really like this. You're really invested in this. You know what's up with this. I don't. It's yours. You know, like they're well liked. They're great people. Like, here you go. You guys do steel challenge because I don't have any business even deciding what the rotation is for stages. How many stages? Like, I don't know. Like, I have nothing meaningful to contribute to that. So I agree. Having people that are really invested in that and, you know, a part of that game should be the people making the decisions. Like what you said, Ben, you're not a big Steel Challenge guy, so you deciding how Steel Challenge Nationals goes might not be the best decision. Let somebody that's really... There's a bunch of nuances also. Like, which stage do you put before the other one because they run at different speeds and stuff like that? Like, none of us would honestly even care about or know at this point, right? Well, I think the more important part is that we wouldn't care. Like, people that actually care should be the ones making these decisions, honestly. Totally makes sense to me. Yeah, because wow. it'll be better by it'll be better for people that are really invested in that making the decisions. Good. Well, that's uh, enough of my my crazy ideas then, uh, Mr. Park. What do you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll talk about my carry optics guns again. Um, so I that sounds amazing. <laughs> still, Never seen one of those before. I know. Well, I'm kind of training without consequences right now, which is awesome. I'm not. Uh, I'm not in a position that I have to be training up for nationals in a month. So. Uh, I, you know, messing around with my carry optics guns, learning what I can. The other fun part is just kind of sorting out my gear. I've, I I can go out and shoot whatever I want right now. I don't have a major match in the near future. So sorting out my guns, mags, uh, one of my dots came loose. So I messaged the professor what, what thread locker I should be doing and how long I should let it cure. And apparently I have to let it sit more than five minutes and take it to the range and start doing build drills with it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like getting my gear sorted out, making sure my magazines are good to go. Uh, making sure I have the right the right base pads, the right number of you know coil spring, whatever, all that garbage. So then, when the season actually rolls around, I want to train, uh, or if I want to take it to a match, my gears completely sort out. Um, so anyway, that's super important. We actually had uh, a thread in training group this morning. If you guys saw that, where a guy went to a match, uh, he was having problems hitting targets. He thought maybe it was something fundamentals going on. And then it turns out it was an issue with his gun that, you know, he let then later figured out. So just being really attentive to your gear, uh, having it all sorted out is important. So anyway, that's all I'm uh, doing right now. Boring, Joel. Sorry. <laughs> Boring. All right, Matt, what do you got? So Joel just gave me a good topic after his talk, right? Because yeah, I was so prepared, I have something else for the next podcast, so we don't have to worry about that. Excellent. <laughs> uh, it's good, Matt. <laughs> so I just want to talk about when I put my guns up. So Joel talked about putting his gun up, or someone put their gun up after practicing, and they had a, an issue during practice, and they found out later on that it was actually the gun's fault. So what I try to do, and I do mostly, unless... Like, I'm rushed for time or something like that. Like, when I put my gun up for the day, I actually look it over and make sure there's nothing wrong with it. So do just do a basic field strip. Take the slide off. Look at it. Make sure no barrel bulging, parts broken, any number of things that you can notice by doing that. That way, you know what you'd have to do if you saw something broken. Like, if I saw a broken insert on in the frame. Like, I could know to replace that, like, right away when I get back. 
maybe look deeper because that issue was caused by something else. I don't know. Maybe I need to change my recoil springs because they're weaker or something like that, you know? Maybe a little teeny but, tiny roll pin that holds your front sight in place is missing. <laughs> no, why would you need that? <laughs> you usually miss a bushing at that point, too, and it's a bigger issue. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> not that that's ever happened, you know? Of course not. Hypothetically. Right. Hypothetically. But it's like a preventative maintenance thing, right? So we take these guns out, we race with them. There's no point to not do preventative maintenance and do checkups when you're actually like before you need that thing to work next time, right? So if I have broken an insert, I pull that gun out of practice and try to use it next time, like could be saying like everything shifting to the left or right, being like, oh, is my optic off? Is it something else? Like all 10 different things you have to check and narrow it down before you actually know what it is. Yeah. Uh, Matt, I'm I, guessing you'd agree. I don't have any use for guns or equipment that don't work. If it's not reliable, the magazine like doesn't feed whatever, yeah, it's going to get nope. fixed. Well, I got another question, though, then, guys. How yes. often would you say you have a practice session interfered with because of equipment issues? Uh, I, I had a couple because of optic issues, but... It wasn't super interfered because I had a secondary gun I could go to. Right. Like, that's, oh, this dot is moving every time I shoot and adjust it. Like, okay, well, grab the next one. Grab the other one that's in your bag with you. Yeah. I, it's the same for me. Where it's like, it's, you know, very infrequent that I have to do more than just change guns. It's yep. not worth dealing with while you're on the range out there in the heat, in the weather and all that to try to mess with and diagnose problems. Like just grab the second one if you have it. Mm -hmm. I agree. And then do that when you have your the spare time like at night after you're done or the next day before you dry fire or something like that. Yeah. All right. Mr. Kim, yes. what do you want to talk about? I have a show and tell. Oh, oh baby. So bummer for uh, audio listeners. So what I'm holding is this belt with holes, uh, ELS belt from Safari Land. So uh, you, you'll notice like this gigantic mag pouch for Air-15. Yes. And a fancy mag magnet now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, I've exclusively used um, DAA belt for like pretty much the whole time of my shooting career. Uh, and now that I'm planning to shoot two two-gun matches, uh, I was actually researching some other belt options, especially people like from three-gun use uh, to have more uh, pouches oriented better with certain mag pouch companies, because uh, there's a lot of like rifle pouches for ELS belt, so that's why I bought it. When I first bought it, uh, the uh, the closing of the belt was definitely weird because there's like two knots and you have to put it into the hole that didn't really make sense it wasn't adjustable as much so what i did i did some research so i got this ratchet it's kind of like if you are riding the uh in inline what inlane rollerblades rollerblades or snowboards or something yeah or like snowboards that. yes there's like the clicking thing so i bought it from the internet uh i quite like that ratchet system because when I dry fire, I always have to have the Velcro inner belt to get the belt put on. Mm -hmm. However, with that ratchet system, 
am, I don't need anything. I can just uh, have my pajamas and just I have wretched <laughs> on my waist. So, I mean, yes, uh, I'm just being lazy over there. But that adjustment, I think it's very good idea to have to a perfect degree of uh, tightness on your waist. You can wrap it around exactly how much you want. And also, uh, how many times have you seen belt actually coming off of the inner Velcro? There's a couple times. Uh, I had once, fortunately only once so far, but that's something that you can eliminate by having this ratchet system. I don't know uh, if anybody tried this on a DAA or like the stiffer belt. This Safari Land one is a little bit um, smooth. Uh, it's wiggly a little bit, which is a little bit of downside. Uh, so when I bought the retro system, the wiggle really disappeared uh, more. It didn't completely disappear, but it definitely wiggles a little less. So if anybody has a ELS belt, I think retro system is necessary. It's not an option, in my opinion. How long did it take you to get that done on there? Uh, uh, three drilled holes. Wow. And screw it in. That's it. Oh, cool. Yes. And I had to wait maybe five days for the ratchet to come. Uh, ratchet wasn't expensive. I think I spent around $30. Yes. That's so it's very good. Yes. So do you think it would work good on a more Velcro-y Velcro setup like the DAA? Or would it kind of just ruin the Velcro at some point? Uh, I think it would work. Uh, with the research I did on the internet forums, people's been using it actually from somewhere around 2018 is the earlier posts I found. So, so far it's been three years and also like three gunners have a lot of stuff on their belt, very heavy. And it looks like it's still working. So I think it's a good option. But if you don't want any wiggle on your belt, like when you draw, if you want that holster not moving around at all, then this may be not the right option. Or you may want to try with the rigid belt and uh, put a ratchet on it. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, you, Mr. Kim. Are you going to try it on your other belt? Can you say it again? Are you going to try it on your other belt or are you going to see how this one works? Uh, I'm going to check this out first. But I personally don't think it's not necessary for the stiffer belts. Right. Yeah, because stiffer belts, I actually have the the Velcro hook that closes the belt uh, clip yeah, or belt, belt buckle. Yeah. yeah, belt keeper. So with the belt keeper, it's been working phenomenal for me. Uh, when when my belt fell off, that's when I didn't have that belt keeper. But with the belt keeper, is it's been working. So, but for the ELS Safari Land belt, I think the ratchet system is almost necessary. Nice. Very cool. All right. We've got a podcast question. It's kind of directed at Matt, but I'm sure, well, okay. some of us have something to say. All right. Matt, you're not running for president, but maybe this guy's confused. Anyway, <laughs> would, would Matt reverse the most recent rule changes back if he were to become president? If so, which ones would he change and which ones would he keep? So... I think flashlights allowed anywhere above a level one don't make any sense. Like, do the same exemption they had for the LE equipment for flashlights. I like the holster position and mag pouch position change. It's honestly, it, 
that honestly won't matter for anything like any intents and purposes uh magnets honestly like stowing your mags was a skill in production uh yeah less so in carry optics and sing, like single stack and all that like it's kind of give or take like i just don't like the overall sense of it like they're taking like any like difference in a division and they're getting rid of it that's what i don't like yeah i'm not sure you're running on changing anything back but you know. i don't th- like honestly i don't think you can with the current bylaws I think you cannot make changes that restrict equipment except for every two years. And there's also a rule in the bylaws that say they can't, if they make a change, it's not like active until three months after the change is made. Uh, they just said that bylaw, uh, we didn't read that one at the time. So That's... they just disregarded a bylaw in the USPSA bylaws and made those changes effective immediately and not following the bylaws. And people, if you have, if you're hearing something here that you have a problem with, do what Foley says and talk to your area director. They'll they'll straighten it right out. Don't worry. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Was that was that rude to say, Joel? No, you're doing great. <laughs> Joel, did you express your uh, beliefs to your area director? Did I? I have not. It's a total waste oh. of time in my area, but uh, um, <laughs> I did notice that the board, after the most recent rule changes, they circled the wagons and they doubled down. So, yeah, they did. Yeah, it kind of leads me to believe that uh, you always hope, like when people are fucking up in public, you're like, oh man, I hope they. There were so. I hope they learn not to do this. I hope they, you know, <laughs> take the feedback on board or whatever. No, that that will not be happening in this case. Nope. Sorry, what were you going to say, Matt, before I so rudely interrupted so, you? So not every area director for voted for all the changes. Area 4 and Area 8 did not vote for two of them. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> two out of seven, or two out of nine doesn't count, though. It doesn't. <laughs> it ends up not mattering. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all the time we have for uh, for this week. So oh, it's time to end. Listeners, if you have a question you'd like the answer to, go to bensteiger.com and send us your questions. Yes.